1: DIO 2022. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of the RotoViz content and tools, and it supports the podcast channel. Now, without further ado, here's the latest edition of the RotoViz High Stakes Lowdown. Welcome in. Welcome in. I am your host of the Rotoviz High Stakes Slowdown. My name is Eric Balkman. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric Balkman. I'm the host of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour co-host and producer of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Uh, you can check that out at HSFF on Twitter. And of course, the co-host um, with of the FFPC Best Ball Live coverage, a new edition of the FFPC Media Empire that we just introduced uh, a few weeks back. Um, you can check all of this out, not only at FFPC on Twitter, but the FFPC YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash FFPC fantasy. This week, we are talking to a couple of luminaries, and I will introduce them uh, shortly. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, before we get to that, I do want to remind you of what's going on with the FFPC. Number one, the main event slow drafts are off and running. If you want to participate in those, um, make sure you're signing up for um, the main event at myffpc.com slash main event. Million dollar grand prize this year, plus if you sign up for and the slow drafts are going on right now but if you sign up for a live draft and you want your draft slot early if you are paid in full by July 25th on uh, on August 1st you will know where you're drafting whether you're drafting live in Vegas whether you're drafting from uh, the comfort of your own home whatever it is you'll find that out on August 1st if you are paid up by July 25th. The football guys players championship we got an exciting thing going on this week. It is the weekday giveaway. If you are drafting anytime between Monday and Thursday, that's yesterday, the day before yesterday, tonight And tomorrow, which is Thursday, you are eligible for the weekday giveaway drawing. We're going to give away three free Football Guys Players Championship teams this week. But you have to be able to draft between Monday and Thursday this week to enter the drawing to be eligible. The best ball tournament, $125 to enter, $200,000 grand prize, double uh, prize pool this year. It's about a million-dollar prize pool. And then, of course, the FFPC Super uh, Superflex best ball tournament um, is off and running, $35 entry there. $10,000 $10,000 grand prize, and that one's already over half full. So if you want to get in, play some Superflex for 10 grand, make sure you're jumping in now. Uh, dynasty startups are still rolling strong. You can check those out at myffpc.com dynasty. We'll have those going for the next couple of months. And if you don't want to play in the national tournaments, you just want to play in a closed 12-team league, you we have plenty of that as well. myffpc.com, you can sign up for 12-team closed leagues, best balls, classics, Terminator format, varsity format, Whatever you'd like, that's all at myffpc.com. Make sure you're checking out the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship at kffsc.com. The gentlemen I'm going to welcome in now know that very well, that format very well, because they are winners, the overall champs in 2020 of the KFFSC main event. To boot, they have also won 16 FFPC and football guys leagues. They've drafted a bunch this summer. They're going to share their insight. I want to welcome into the show Brad Petri and Darren Larson. Uh ladies and gentlemen, welcome in the 2020 KFFSC champs. Gentlemen, thanks for doing the show and I really appreciate it.
2: You're welcome. Welcome Walkie. Thank you. So
1: so when did it when did it uh and I know it's it's not like you guys won like a million bucks playing in the KFFSC – but when did it sort of sink in in 2020? Cuz I feel like you guys had a pretty healthy lead, Brad, down the stretch, right?
3: Well, actually, we were we did, but then we kind of started falling apart in the playoffs and then we were 23 points behind with Josh Allen going in the Monday Night Football game. Right. And, and uh he had a great game and put us on top. So what it wasn't over until it was, I don't know, maybe halftime, third third quarter there when he finally finished it off, but it was kind of nerve wracking until that point. <laughs> Darren, did you guys celebrate then? What did you do to celebrate?
2: Uh well, we don't live near each other, so I right. mean, we, we but we talked a lot, and we we're I mean, we we're both very excited about it. It's something that we've you know we talked about for a long time that we 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 you know we had to overcome the stigma of not winning, and that was a great way to do it. So, yeah, no kidding. We we're very excited about it.
1: Well, congratulations to you guys. I know you're going to be back again this year in the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship trying to win uh, the grand prize again there. You guys have also been busy this summer drafting in some football guys uh, teams, best ball uh, teams as well. Uh, Brad, I'll kick things off with you and talk about the Jets running backs. Brees Hall uh, has fallen a little bit. He got up to the third round. Now on average over the last three days in the Football Guys Players Championship, he is an early fourth round pick. A lot of people expect him to lead the backfield in touches. However, is there some fantasy value by grabbing Michael Carter, his presumed backup? He's going in the 11th round of the Football Guys Players Championship. Is that a good spot? Is that a place that you're targeting Michael Carter right now?
3: Well, simply put, I've drafted Michael Carter 46% of my drafts. So, I mean, I don't see a 7-8 round separation between the two. I get the love of Reese Hall. Um. Just kind of our draft strategy. We don't typically get a lot of early running backs. We might get one stud, and then we have filter down from there. So Hall's not always on our target list. So um, we're more apropos to go to the late, the backups in late round, uh, you know. So uh, you know, I, a lot of the offense I think is going to how Wilson develops too this year. You know, I mean, so if they're behind, their passing. I don't know which back gets the most receptions but you know the offense is not all that extraordinary anyway they were 26 ranked last year so i don't know if i'm going to spend a third or fourth rounder or the 11th rounder i mean my 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 point would be to go for the 11th rounder right now unless you take both of them i would like to have a cuff but that's not typically how i draft
1: so, a couple of follow-ups there. Uh, number one, when you say you and Darren usually go with maybe no receiver, or no running backs early, or maybe one running back early, do you typically go wide receiver heavy or tight end heavy, no yeah. matter if it's KFFSC or FFPC?
3: Yeah, so I think I think for the most part, if we get one decent running back, and you know, not not always in the first two rounds, then if you know, depending on where we're at FFPC, we might obviously. Lead more towards the tight end sooner than later, but at KFFC, you know, we we often pound wide receivers. Then maybe mid round start hitting the running backs heavy again. So just kind of our I think we fall in line pretty much with that. Now sometimes we'll take two running backs in the first few picks, but not not that not that often, just because of the way that – I guess what our beliefs are, and it kind of works out for us.
1: Bread. The other thing that you had mentioned, um, it, you said it'd be nice to get the handcuff there with Carter and Hall. You said that's not typically how you draft. Do you normally stay away from handcuffing your own players and maybe just grabbing backup running backs? Yeah, Hall well, what I meant by that,
3: I, well, I don't usually get the first one in the third or fourth round. We don't take them, so it's Got not it. possible to handcuff. Now, if we take somebody in the first, we might do. Yes, we probably would. But it's just the way way our draft's set up that we don't a lot of times even take running backs in the third and fourth round is what I meant by that. Got it. That makes sense. Um,
1: Darren, let's kick it over to you. Texans running back situation has been one that I I don't want to say it's a high leverage situation for, for fantasy owners because there's not really a running back in that backfield that's going high, but we do know they are going to start at least one running back there. Are you team Damian Pierce or are you team Marlon Mack? Uh, Pierce going in the 10th round, Marlon Mack going in the 13th, Darren.
2: Well, uh, we're kind of split on that. We've drafted both of them and, um, it kind of falls into what uh, Brad was alluding to earlier is uh, our strategy of uh, stockpiling backs towards the, uh, towards that area of the draft. Um, Damian Pierce is an interesting guy, even though he does play on the Texans, he is interesting to us because uh, he was, I believe in PFF, he was rated the highest running back uh, in the nation coming out of school. I know, uh, I know, there was a, there was a lot of love for him. He did well at the uh, senior bowl. Um, it's, it's kind of a soft, there's really not anyone there to stop him from, uh, taking control of that backfield other than, you know, in my mind, Mac, maybe if he can uh, return to form. So, um, I think Pierce is kind of where we want to go because he's younger and he's got – and and I would assume that he's probably going to move up a couple rounds over the summer if uh, he starts getting some publicity in the summer. I, I would anticipate two or three rounds. So it's just a good idea to get the cheaper shares now. And Mac, I mean, he's got a shot. So, I mean, as late as he's going in 13, it, it's – again, it plays into – our area of just taking shots on a lot of backs towards the end of the drafts. And
1: and I would kind of concur with the Pierce thing because I, I think a lot of rookies, especially if they're in contention, regardless of position, running backs, receivers, tight ends, if they're in contention for a significant role um, not even if they win it, but if, if we're coming up on drafting season before Cincinnati, Louisville and Las Vegas, like people pop on that type of thing where they're trying to leapfrog, especially when we're drafting in Kentucky, as you guys know, like we're drafting against a lot of the same people, you know. You guys, you and I, you guys and, and I have drafted against each other several times in the same weekend. And then it's like once you know, like let's say somebody's after Damian Pierce, and you draft him again in the next draft, then you got to go around higher, right? And then on Sunday, uh-huh. you got to go around higher than that to try to get him. That's just the way it is. And especially with the with the shiny new toys and the rookies, I think it works out that way. So Darren, what you're saying about Pierce makes a lot of sense. Speaking of shiny new toys, Travis Etienne. Has flown up draft boards over the past month, maybe month plus. Brad is James Robinson though a sneaky Jaguars running back as he's going in the twelfth round of FPC drafts right now.
3: Well, kind of similar to Hall and uh, Carter there. I, I, I feel the same way about Robinson. Now, unfortunately, he got hurt, and that um, that kind of swayed some people from him. But also, Urban Meyer, I don't know that it was was really a um. In his corner, so to speak. No, yeah. So I mean, I, I don't, I don't think Robinson should fall off the earth now. I mean, he he did perform very well two years ago. He probably won a lot of people, a lot of money at that point, where he was going. So, um, but you know, again, Antien going in most of the time he's in third rounder. You know, right now, and um, that's not typically where we go. So, once again, we kind of load up on Robinson. Now, you know, we you never want anybody to get hurt. And I get the love for Antion because him and Lawrence had a great connection in Clemson a couple of years ago, where there's big numbers put up by him um, as a running back. So I get that, but I don't think there's that abolishes the role for James Robinson if he's healthy. I think he'll still find his niche in that offense. And once again, though, is the, is the Jags' offense high-powered? You know, I mean, it's one of those two things where you know we're talking about two backs or two offenses that aren't typically that. That high powered, so you know, but I think they both have a role, Carter and Robinson.
1: Um, when you have uh, you've been talked about, you know, waiting on running backs, uh, Brad. Historically, have have you just had success, like maybe for a couple of years in a row back in the day, where you went with one running back or zero running backs early, um, pounded the receivers, and and that's sort of just been a process for you since then. Like this is no. yours and Darren's rubric that you like to go with, where. Um, you, you you purposely avoid running backs early because of how they could tank your team.
3: No, there's no purpose to it. But quite honestly, you know, we I, I'm not going to overdraft a running back if that's the question. I mean, I'm I'm not going to reach to get my guy. I'll, the, our championship team two years ago, I we took I took Kamara in the first. We took Camara in the first round, and by eighth or ninth, we took Gibson, and that's how we won. It. I mean, right. so I mean, similar to what Darren said. I mean, we like we like Pierce a lot. You know, you may hit or miss, but there's other guys typically in that area. You know, maybe seventh, eighth, ninth round that we typically hit on. I mean, or try to hit on. Um, that's just kind of our strategy. I'm mean, there's nothing wrong with these guys, but I don't, I don't, feel, I'm not one of those three running backs to start drafts kind of guys. <laughs> this is not Now, there's times we go one round one and three, we'll take a back or two and three. Depends on if they fall and their values there. But I'm not, I'm not out trying to avoid them. It's just typically we just like a receiver in those areas.
1: Yeah, and if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So yeah. if you guys keep winning, you might as well keep doing the same strategy, yeah. by and large, and I know it's not a hard and fast rule. Yeah. Um, let's move on to receivers, guys, here. Darren, uh, Stephon Diggs, 111 on average in the last three days in the Football Guys Players Championship. Shout out to Darren Armani from FantasyMojo.com, at FantasyMojo on Twitter. That's where we get all our ADP data. Um, Stefan Diggs, he is the fourth receiver off the board. Do you think that that's too high of a price to pay for digs at the end of the first round, Darren, or does he make for a target for you at that point?
2: I don't mind him there at all. I think he's uh, in my mind, he's the clear cut uh, wide receiver for um, the reason being that he's got stability uh, with Josh Allen. He plays in a high powered offense. Um, he has a good connection with Allen. He's, He's uh, set records the last couple of years in uh, targets and touchdowns and receptions. Um, people might've soured a little bit on him or have uh, are a little worried about him because he wasn't dominant down the stretch. Um, but it, it just, it just happens that way with good teams. Sometimes he just, he just became part of the team. Um, now, if they start using him a little more in the slot this year and uh this last year, they used him kind of a little bit more as a field stretcher. So uh, if they, if they use him a little more in the slot, then he can easily make up that. Um, and he's, I think he's as close to a solid bet as you can get in the, towards the end of the first round in my mind.
1: Yeah. In in elite offense, high floor, I mean, Mm -hmm. just a couple of things that are really big check marks in the first round for fantasy drafters. It makes a lot of sense. Would you take, so, So, Darren, just so I'm on the same page as you, you would take Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. You would take all three of those guys ahead of Diggs, but you would take Diggs over Devontae Adams, over CeeDee Lamb, right? Yes. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Um, Speaking of Devontae Adams, he went to Las Vegas, Brad. And this is – so Hunter Renfro, when we launched best ball drafts to the FFPC in January, I mean, dude was way up there, right, because he was catching all these passes. Everybody loved him. And, and I was caught off guard with the Adams trade. I think a lot of fantasy owners were uh, as well. Renfro's dropped. Um, and he, in fact, he's dropped to the seventh round. Now, as you look at that, Brad, is that too far to let Hunter Renfro go in drafts, knowing what he did last year and knowing that the offense is going to be pretty high powered in that division this year as well?
3: Well, I'd love to see him drop to the seventh round. So if I can get him to the seventh round, I'm, I'm a very happy person. You know, I, I think that, yeah, he was third. I think he was thirteenth rated overall wide receiver last year. He's going in the mid thirties now. Is that is that a dro- drop that's going to take place possibly? But I would think that Adams and Waller would open it with them. It would open it up more. Now he may cut down his receptions, but but still, is he going to go from thirteen to thirty fifth? I mean, that's I, I just don't think he will. I mean, right. so if I get him in the seventh round, I'll take him all day. And we'll worry about that other stuff later. But I think the guy's a stud, and uh, you know he doesn't get—he's kind of Rodney Dangerfield. I mean, uh, I, I, I get the Adams love; I get that, but I don't think he's going to fall—you know—fall twenty spots. I really don't think that's going to happen. And you know, he ended the season last year with three or four one hundred-yard games. Um, you know, I, I just—I don't think a Car is going to forget about him. I just yeah. don't think that's going to happen.
1: Do you think, Brad, if I was to say, who's the bust in among the Raiders passing game? And we'll throw Derek Carr and Darren Waller in there as well. Between those two guys, Devonta Adams, Hunter Renfro, is Adams the, the, the highest likely likely guy to bust given that he's the only guy going in the first round right now? And if you miss on Waller, Renfro, or Carr, it doesn't hurt you as much?
3: I don't know that there are any of them is going to be bust. I think there's a role for all three of them. I mean, I have no problem taking Adams. I have no problem taking Waller and I have no problem taking Redfro. Um, maybe, you know, maybe I'm th- thinking the Raiders offense can be more high power than it's going to be. I would maybe say the backfield is going to suffer a little yeah. bit. Yeah. That's what I would probably say. And I mean, a lot of people are, Jacobs has fluctuated quite a bit. I, I think he's falling now. Um, if I would say, I, I, I'm not opposed to taking, I would take all three of them if I got a shot. It made me foolish on one team, but there's nothing that would precipitate me from stopping to take either. I don't I don't feel one way or the other that they're, they're not going to perform those three.
1: Could be a lot of shootouts in that AFC West yeah, as well, yeah. which would, would be bode well for Absolutely. all of those players. Yes. Um, Darren, Marquise Brown gets traded from the Ravens to the Arizona Cardinals. Does that make Rashad Bateman, and I'm going to look up, his ADP because I know he's been climbing um, in the Football Guys Players Championship. Wide receiver twenty five now at the five hundred seven. He's going right behind DK Metcalf, right uh, behind Gabriel Davis. It's going. He's moved ahead of Jerry Judy and, and Darnell Mooney. Is Rashad Bateman, with the absence of Marquise Brown, going in the fifth round? Is he a potential league winner this year?
2: Well, um, initially you want to say a lot of people want to say no, and that he's draft and getting drafted at his ceiling. Um, I I think uh, my personal opinion is, I think he is to Lamar, what um, I think he's going to be to Lamar, what uh, Diggs is to Allen. I think he's going to be his guy. Uh, it might not happen this year. It might be a couple years down the road, but he's he's very good. Um, he had an early breakout age, 18.8, which put him in like a 96 percentile. Um, he's just good. He uh, he came out a little injured last year and um, now Brown is gone. I don't see any reason why he can garner like a 24, 25 percent uh, target share in that uh, in that offense. And I think he's going to take the bull and, and, and I think he's going to take the horns and run with it. I really think he's, um, he's going to be the guy. And hopefully this year, but I'm not, I don't want to set expectations too high because he is, he has been moving up, but we really like him. And and we always feel like there is a big teardrop right after him. So we're, we're getting him pretty frequently right now. Um, so, uh, I like him where he's going. I don't have any problem. If he keeps climbing up, then there might be an issue because we always watch our ADPs. We don't really, usually chase after players. So
1: well, but and where that, he's going now I do like him. And that's the thing too, Darren. Like if Bateman's the end of of a teardrop for you, if he ascends, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden you have these other guys that he's moving past that become the end of the teardrop, and then those guys might be the targets for you right. if, if Bateman ascends. So I sure. totally get that. Um, speaking of receivers, Brad, uh, plenty of high stake drafters were excited about Terry McLaurin, not only um, when he signed that, uh, that extension with the commanders, but when Carson Wentz became his quarterback. Obviously, people excited about the rookie Jahan Dotson uh, as well. How likely is it that, that Logan Thomas, a guy who I think is banged up right now, joins those players as a Washington commander pass catcher who outperforms his ADP this year?
0: Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire terms and conditions apply need to hire. You need indeed.
3: Well, I, I've always liked Logan Thomas. I know me and Darren were running pretty heavy last year and he got her Unfortunately he got hurt. I don't see Wentz as much of an upgrade. I'm, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a fan. This is his third stop. I'm just not a big fan of his. But if you're wanting to out outgrow your ADP, I think Logan Thomas has probably the best shot. Because so McLaurin's going third or fourth round most drafts. I love the guy, but if you're asking me if Logan Thomas has value in the round 15, absolutely. I probably got a 30% share of him right now in the FFPC drafts because because of where he's going. I don't. I'll often take. He might be my third tight end, but I think that's that's a could be a, could be a solid player for me down the line there. If he, if he gets back healthy, you know, I, again, I don't have a lot of confidence in Wentz, but I, you know, maybe uh change of senior year again, will help him out. But you know I, I have no problem with fifth round 15 I and I don't have any Dotson. So, you know, I'd like McLaurin and Tom and Thomas, but I don't, I don't mean I don't have any much Dotson. So, so for
1: what I'm hearing is you like Logan Thomas more so for where he's going in drafts, not necessarily because he has Carson Wentz over Taylor Heineke this year, right? Absolutely.
3: absolutely. It's the 15th round.
1: <laughs> um, let's talk about George Kittle here, Darren. If Trey Lance is indeed the quarterback for the 49ers, which it sounds like he's going to be, how do you think that affects Kittle's numbers as he catches balls from Lance as opposed to Jimmy Garoppolo?
2: Well, um, Brad and I talked a little bit about this towards in the end of last season and we said, well, we're going to have to probably curb our expectations on Kittle and that, that may be true on, on one hand. On the other hand, what's happened is he's now being drafted as the fifth tight end, um, in the stud tight end areas. And there's no doubt he's a stud tight end. Um, the one that the tight end that was drafted fifth last year was Mark Andrews, and it was the same type of situation with Lamar, um, and it turned out pretty well with for him. Although he Lamar wasn't always his quarterback last year, but point being that he has got so much talent, and uh, he's going to be on the field, um, and he's going to be in my mind first or second in targets. Um, I would think, and I think, you know, he's going to be, uh, he's going to be really needed in that offense. And I think he'll be a focal point. And um, as, w- as long as he stays healthy, that's, that's his only, uh, right. hurdle in my mind is health because he's a absolute stud.
1: I think about times too, when, when some of these, and Lance isn't a rookie, but for all intents and purposes, he is kind of a rookie. Um, I think about some of these young quarterbacks that get, you know, get out into the live battle for the first time against real NFL starting defensive players, and they tend to focus in on one guy, like a security blanket type guy. We've seen it. I mean, Steve Smith, incredible talent. He would not have had the career he had if it wasn't for Jake DeLone looking at him all the time because Jake DeLone was not a good quarterback. Um, And I feel like Trey Lance, while he gets his feet wet, Kittle's the perfect guy over the middle or uh, as a dump off option or a guy when the play breaks down that he can look for and Kittle get, get him five, six, seven yards, you know? And so I think that again, like you said, if he stays healthy, he should be able to outperform that ADP where he's at right now. So I, I like Kittle. I I can't believe I'm saying this, but I do like Kittle this year. Normally he's not a, I'm not a fan of his um, because in the KFFSC auction every year, uh, my partner, Kurt Awe, and I, Kurt always overbids on George Kittle and then just ruins me for drafting George Kittle the rest of the weekend because I get so sick of that. But maybe this is the year, the year of Kittle, 2022. We'll see. Um, Philadelphia, Brad, They last year they used a first-round pick on Devontae Smith. Um, then they trade for A.J. Brown this offseason with Tennessee. Um, knowing those two things, how concerned should FFPC players, and quite frankly KFFSC players, be concerned about Dallas Goddard Perhaps busting out, knowing that in the Football Guys Players Championship, he's a seventh round pick right now.
3: Yeah. um, He would, yeah. I mean, I think Goddard's kind of fallen a little bit into the eyes of some people. I, I still like him in the probably eighth, eighth um, draft uh, tight end off the board, right, right around that area. And after that, I, that's kind of the end of my tier for them, for the tight ends is is Goddard. Um, I'm not overly concerned about that. I think, I think, uh, me and Darren are both on the same page on this that we kind of we like him, mm-hmm. um, you know. So after the first seven guys are gone, I'm, I had no problem taking him in the seventh round. And you know, sometimes the FFPC, you know that I don't always want to get a tight end early. And he he's he's our here's probably our later option if we had one like that. And so yeah, I, I'm that's not a huge fan of Hurts either. So maybe I'm too rough on these quarterbacks, but I'm not a huge fan of him. <laughs> So, you know, that that's kind of my my thoughts about Philadelphia, um, you know, so uh but I I have I've got a lot of Goddard. We we both do and we mm-hmm. like him and uh but it, it should be a concern though. Brown's there now. He's probably going to demand the ball some, uh, you know, and Smith, um, you know, p- people are expecting bigger things from him. So and, and as they should, as they should. But again, I'm not a huge fan of Hurts.
1: Brad, when you talk about uh tight ends in the FFPC, um, do you typically like is, is like worst case scenario for you getting like a top eight, top nine guy or or have you historically waited sometimes even past that?
3: No, I think Goddard's used my my my, my off, But I mean, I've had a I went for and some knocks and, you know, um, that's probably about the I don't really want to go past state. Right. Hawkinson seems to be the if I had to probably one that I ended up with the most um, in the fifth or sixth round. Um, but you know, I don't, I don't want too much him either be just because of the offense and, you know, I don't want him to get hurt as, as well, but you know, I, 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 we would love to get the top five tight ends, but sometimes we right. go so, so fast off the board that you know, the round that they're going in, I, I, I don't typically like to take him. So, but Goddard's kind of my cutoff. Got it. Uh, final
1: question. For you guys tonight and darren i'm going to have you answer this one first
3: i need two players from you
1: i need one and, and preferably ones that we haven't talked about but if there is somebody that you think we need to drill home more more than welcome to hear that uh one player that you're really excited about drafting this season one player that you're trying to target to, to get on all your teams and then a player that you don't want to have anything to do with a player who's going way too high in adp right now for you that you know you won't get him uh, on your squads darren those two players for you okay
2: um Well, for me, the the cat kind of came out of the bag a little bit today, it seemed like, but I liked this guy well before, and we have been drafting him, and it just made sense to me, was Jalen Tolbert for the Cowboys. Um, Gallup is injured. Um, Cooper's gone. Gallup probably won't be back from what I understand until November. Yeah. Um, Realistically, anyhow, so that leaves Tolbert and Washington to find it out. We've seen Washington over the years. So I want to I put my chip on Tolbert. Um, news came out today that he probably is going to be starting. Um, I saw the blurb about him. It's like, oh, there goes that. Now he's going to jump <laughs> up a few rounds.
1: That was my thoughts exactly when I saw that <laughs> in the athletic. I'm like, you know, he's like a 14th rounder, I think, in football guys right now. I'm like, this guy's going to go up to like 12 or 11
2: by this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, that was unfortunate because it was fun getting him cheap. I think we got him in 18-19 uh, a few times, too, so it wow. was really nice. nice but I think he's really going to uh, do well. Um, it might take a little time. They might split with Washington for a little while, but I don't think he'll have any trouble beating out Washington. Um, for, the, for the guy I don't want to draft this year, uh, it's not that I don't like him, but it, it's just – funny to me because at the beginning of last year he was getting a lot of hate and uh he was carrying the ball too much he's getting older all he does is carry the ball he's over 300 carries a couple of years and that's derrick henry mm-hmm. okay so what so what happened this year it seems like we're not even hearing that anything about it this year and he's had another heavy year and he and he broke his foot so now he's got a rehab he's a uh, rush only back um, I, I just, I just think I'd rather take other players in that area than Derrick Henry. So he's kind of the fade for me.
1: So you're on, or at least you were on Jalen Tolbert and, uh, and mm-hmm. off Derrick Henry. What about you, Brad?
3: I'm, uh, <laughs> cause especially as he keeps climbing, uh, Saquon Barkley's killed me for two years in a row. <laughs> I've had, I've kind of had enough. I'm. I understand he's a new offensive head coach, Buffalo's offensive coordinator. I get all that. What else has changed there? I'm not sure enough. They still have the same quarterback. You know, I'm just not. A, I'm just. Not, I mean, the guy's probably going to break out, but he's going to do it without me. And that's unless he absolutely falls. But he's going in the middle of the second round now. Sometimes at the beginning of the second round. From some of the drafts I've been doing, and I just—that's too high a price for me. Um, and maybe I've got a little grudge against the yeah. gentleman. Yeah. I mean, it's not his faulty possible. Yeah, it's maybe, possible. yeah. Maybe, it might hold a little
1: bit of a grudge. Yeah. will
3: yeah. do yeah. that. Yeah. You know. So, but it's warranted in my mind. But yeah. um, so, but the guy that I—I I mean, it's not—it's not a—it's not—it's not, it's not, it's not earth-shattering. Earth I would like to be able to get more Justin Jefferson. The way I'm. Or the the uh, draft picks. Is, I'm not getting that in that position to take him. So I think he's going to be even better than he has been the first two years. I just really do. You know, I think he's got an offensive-minded coach for for a change. Um, Zimmer wasn't always that a guy that wanted to pass, and uh, I just think that he's going to be his, you know, <laughs> uh, outstanding player. And I, obviously, he's going to third or fourth in almost every draft right but as me i'm not getting those picks so i would like to see him up there <laughs> maybe we could work something out where i can get a top four pick once in a while but <laughs> but I mean, that, that's but that's the guy i'm really excited to see how much better he's actually going to be
1: brad would you take him ahead of cooper cup or is cup still ahead of jefferson for you
3: i, I still we I, I think we would agree that cups right there but i mean i would have no I, I, that's, I would have no problem with either one. I really okay. wouldn't.
1: Mm-hmm. I, really wouldn't. Um, I, I think for fantasy analysis, I have no problem with either one of you guys because you are incredibly smart. You know what you're doing. You've already got the KFFFC overall title under your belt, 16 FFPC and Football Guys titles. Uh, I know you're going to be back for more competing in the main event, Football Guys, Kentucky this year. Uh, I wish you nothing but the best of luck. Thank you for doing the Rotoviz His High Stakes Lowdown with me this week. And uh, I guess I'll probably see you guys in Louisville probably the next time I see you in just uh, what about month, month and a half or so?
3: I think Farrell said 40-some days. I don't know. He's already got the countdown going. Friday yeah. night, High Stakes yeah.
1: Fantasy Football or Friday night, Farrell will give us the countdown. He'll let yeah. us how many days it is until Cincinnati, how many days it is until Louisville, and how many days it is till Las Vegas. He's, yeah, He's got it going. He's got it going. And you guys have it going on as well. Thanks so much for doing the show. Be good. We'll see you soon. All right. Thanks for having me. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Thanks, Brad. Thank you, Darren. Brad Petri, Darren Larson, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the Frying Pan Inc. Uh, franchise that you have seen in Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship, FFPC, and the Football Guys Players Championship as well. The 2020 Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship overall winners and 16 time FFPC champs that will complete the road of high stakes lowdown for this month. We will be back in early August. I believe the next road of high stakes lowdown will be on this program. Um, I'm trying to check right now here, what we're looking at as far as a date. Um, it'll probably, it'll be the first week of August. Obviously um, my guess is we'll probably do one because pros versus Joe's wraps up on August 2nd. We'll probably do one, maybe like the third or the fourth that week. Um, so first week of August, maybe maybe we'll get one of the Joes to come on and, and talk a little bit about his draft and what his expectations are for the main event and his strategy uh, this year or her strategy. We'll see what happens there, but that will be the next road of his high stakes loan out. In the meantime, while you are waiting, um, remember to sign up for the FFPC main event by July 25th. You'll get your draft slot by August 1st, million dollar grand prize. If you can't wait for the live draft to start, go ahead and get in a slow draft right now. Two hour clock, six hour clocks going on and you can compete. For $1 million, the largest grand prize in season-long fantasy football history. And the FFPC will be awarding it to somebody this year. Uh, First time we'll have an FFPC millionaire. That'll be exciting. Uh, Football Guys Players Championship. If you're like Darren, if you're like Brad and you want to hop in these drafts, um, do so tonight or tomorrow if you haven't already this week. So you're in the drawing in the weekday giveaway challenge that we have going on. Uh, Anybody who drafts Monday through Thursday this week will be entered in the drawing. And on Friday, we're going to pull three names randomly, and those three people will win. Free football guys teams, one free football guys team each this season. Uh, Dynasty Startups going on. The Best Ball Tournament, Superflex Best Ball Tournament, also going on at myffpc.com. Take advantage of that Superflex. That thing has been flying since we opened it. Like I said, already almost 60% full. So make sure you're signing up for that if you want to take a shot at ten grand and only pay $35 to do it. Uh, and uh, closed 12-team leagues going on at myffpc.com as well. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. We will be back on the YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook on Friday night, 10, 9 Central. Speaking of Pros versus Joes, we're going to have former FFPC Main Event League winner and Football Guys League winner uh, and Pros versus Joes competitor this year, Bill Van Ormer, will join us to talk about his PVJ strategy, his Main Event strategy, how Football Guys drafts have been treating him this summer. Farrell will be back as well after we were off last week will be back this week and we will see you then ladies and gentlemen thanks so much for watching and your thursday of course starts now thank you for listening to the high stakes lowdown a road of podcast brought to you by the fantasy football players championship and thanks to Grapes for our theme music. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the Rotoviz Radio feed. It helps us find new listeners. Contact us via email, rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think. And follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the show by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 10% discount through the NFL podcast homepage, Rotoviz.com slash podcast.